Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley. A lot to get to on this Thursday pod, but we're going to start with the big Fed meeting yesterday. Of course, the official, the Federal Open Market Committee had a meeting yesterday and today. Now, we won't get the minutes from that meeting until next month, I believe the 18th, but we did get a statement and then a press conference from the Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell. And because nothing happened, and we knew nothing was going to happen, we knew nothing was going to be happening, but because nothing happened, the majority of the analysis was an interpretation, like kind of like reading the tea leaves, like, well, what did he mean when he said this? Is he being more optimistic? Is he being more pessimistic? That's really kind of what this was all about, because... Nothing changed. So with regards to rates, the committee said in a statement, they decided to keep the target rate for the federal funds rate to zero to one fourth percent and expects it will be appropriate to maintain this target range until labor market conditions have reached levels consistent with the committee's assessment of maximum employment and inflation has risen to 2% and is on track to moderately exceed 2% for some time. I like that statement because... They're giving themselves some room <laughs> where we are. They've already done that. They already said they knew that there was going to be a increase in inflation. We're all seeing it right now. The Fed is aware of it. Jerome Powell made reference to it. But what their argument is, is that eventually this these inflated prices, the supply chains will kind of level out. We're going to things see things normalize and then prices are going to drop. And so that's why they've given themselves some breathing room by instead of saying, "Uh oh, we're seeing inflation rise above 2%, they're, what they're going to do is they're going to average it. So because last year we saw almost zero inflation, if this year we see 3 or 4%, that you know what, maybe they can average it and get to 2%. Now, if that number jumps 5 6%, then they're probably going to have a problem. Now, bond purchase, this is a big issue, especially for us in real estate. And yeah, no change once again. The committee said in a statement, quote, Last December, the committee indicated that it would continue to increase its holdings of treasury securities by at least $80 billion per month and the and, and of agency-backed securities by at least $40 billion per month until substantial further progress has been made toward its maximum employment and price stability goals. So once again, no movement. We'll wait to see what happens with the minutes, but everyone assumes that when we do finally see tapering, that the first area that they're probably going to target would be mortgage-backed securities because of how well the real estate industry is doing. But he made zero, zero announcements or anything about that, whether it's true or not, but that's sort of what most people assume would end up happening. So that leads us to, of course, the big question, where do we go from here? Pal said in his press conference, there was very little support for any tapering. And Pal said, quote, I would want to see some strong job numbers in the coming months before reducing the $120 billion in monthly bond purchases. Now, as I said, mostly what this was about was kind of reading the tea leaves, seeing what you could figure out from the way Jerome Powell was wording things. And it did seem from what I could read by the analysis that people saw the Fed as being maybe more optimistic 
than other aspects of government. You know, right now we're having these big discussions about how damaging the Delta variant could be. And Nick Tameros over at the Wall Street Journal noted on Twitter, the Fed upgraded its assessment of the economy and downgraded its assessment of virus risk, which means maybe they don't see the virus as 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 big of a detriment than the rest of the government. I mean, right now we're talking about bringing masks back and the Fed's like, we're happy with the way things are moving. Uh, Tim Duh, um, observed on Twitter, quote, given the Delta variant, this is a marginally more hawkish than I anticipated. And so that seemed to be the consensus that the Fed was a little more optimistic than a lot of people had been expecting. But as it continues, nothing has changed. They're going to keep buying uh, treasuries, mortgage-backed securities, and rates will stay where they're at. And so being in real estate, that's the news that you are kind of, I guess, hoping for. And that's what ended up happening. No major changes. Full steam ahead. Now, speaking of mortgage-backed securities, so there was a piece in the Wall Street Journal by Julia Ambra Verlaine in which she wrote about a new securitized product that is getting some attention. And I thought it was interesting. She writes, quote, Texas Capital Bank recently sold $275 million of securities to investors looking to cash in on the pandemic-fueled boom in home prices. The bonds are backed by short-term loans the bank makes to mortgage lenders. When those lenders' borrowers default, the investors in the bonds effectively cover the loss. Now, Verlaine explains that the banks are now using them to raise capital and otherwise shore up their balance sheets. This process ultimately adds to their lending capacity, which, of course, many see as a good thing for financial markets. Liquidity, always a good thing to see. So the question is, why is this happening? Well, obviously, there's a market for it. Uh, but Kat Stubb Salmont, a securities analyst at J.P. Morgan, said it's all about yield. Saying, quote, people want exposure to housing and consumer markets that are performing. Risk transfer securities are one of the few places that give high returns in this environment. I mean, you're looking at what's happening with the 30 year treasury. I mean, there's just there's just there's no yield out there. And so people are like, we're going to get some yield. And they're like, hey, we got you. Now, here is the big problem, because a lot of people I know what you're thinking securities based on mortgage lending that transfers risk to other investors sure sounds like a credit default swap. And we all know what credit default swaps are. They were the villain of 2008. They were the star of the big short. And there is no doubt that if you are making comparisons to this and credit default swaps, you are not wrong. And so the question is, could this be 2008 all over again? And listen, I'm going to be honest. I saw this article, I read it, and I did think, I, I don't know about this. But there's something that's very important in all of this to remember. It was not mortgage-backed securities and credit default swaps that took down the housing market in 2008. Everyone assumes that it was, right? Like, oh, these horrible products, and you know, everyone loves it. There, there was a great piece one time Kevin Williamson wrote over at the National Review, and he was talking about derivatives, and he was at a Wall Street, what was that group? The Occupy Wall Street protests. And this guy was going on and on about derivatives and derivatives were horrible and derivatives were the reason that 2008 happened and the economy almost crashed and we got to ban derivatives and da 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 
And so Kevin Williamson was interviewing this guy. And at the end, he said, well, what's a derivative? And the guy was like, um, uh, <laughs> he had no idea what a derivative was. He just, he'd heard about it. Everyone was saying how bad it is. And so he just jumped on the bandwagon. And the reality is, is that yes, a lot of the products that Wall Street creates and then sells, they're super complex and they can be abused. And that's what we saw in 2008, but they're not inherently a bad thing. Mortgage-backed securities, credit default swaps, um, collateral debt, um, uh, was it obligations? None of these things are inherently bad unless they are abused. And what I mean by that is that, for example, 2008 was not caused, as I said, by credit default swaps and mortgage-backed securities. I mean, because right now, look how many mortgage-backed securities there are. It's not an issue. The issue is when the companies that are creating these mortgage-backed securities, mortgage lenders, stop, or I should, yes, I should say stop forgetting what their goal is. And that's what happened, is that instead of making sure that they are giving loans to people who should be getting the money, they're not overextending themselves, that they are good loans, they're strong loans, that there's a value to the loans, they started becoming manufacturing houses for mortgage-backed securities and all these other securitized products. It just became about how many loans can I shove into this, this product and then sell it to someone else? And if that's what this ends up leading to, then yeah, we could have 2008 all over again. But as long as lending standards remain high, which by the way, they are. I mean, as someone in the mortgage business, I can tell you the lending standards are, are still very tight. And as long as they stay there, there's nothing wrong with these products, zero. The issue is when people start creating toxic products. And that's what happened in 2008, right? Instead of just having all triple A's, all of a sudden we had double A's and then single A's and then B's and then double B's and then all these other horrible loans, these subprime loans, giving loans to people that couldn't afford them solely for the purposes of putting them all into a package and selling it off. And if that's what this leads to, then yeah, that's going to be a problem. But... If lending standards remain strong and they are, they are keeping a standard that would apply whether or not this product exists, then there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing inherently wrong about these products. There's nothing inherently wrong about derivatives. It is only when they get abuse. And I understand it, right? People are going to say greed's going to take over and, and, and people are going to, and, and that's why you need to have oversight. And that's why we need to make sure that lending standards remain strong and they are packaging these products properly. And if they do that, there's no problem. So to say like, oh, no, this definitely isn't going to cause it. You can't say that. But we know how to stop it. And that's to keep lending standards strong, which, by the way, they are. I, you can you can. Take that to the bank, <laughs> as they say. They, they are strong. All right, speaking of mortgages, uh, before we uh, end today's podcast, I do want to let you know demand for mortgages jumped for the week ending July 23rd, 2021, according to the weekly mortgage application survey by the Mortgage Bankers Association. We saw a 5.7% jump week over week led entirely by refis. 
because rates um, are dropping on average. Uh, so refi saw a 9% jump. People looking to apply for a refinance jumped 9%, but was still down 10% because remember last year at this time, things were going crazy in housing with everyone looking to refi. So it is down 9% from last year. Purchases fell 1% week over week and were down 18% from the same week one year ago. Now I mentioned rates. The Mortgage Bankers Association does do their weekly rate calculation and they found that the 30 year fixed, the average contract interest rate fell 10 basis points to 3.01%, which is down significantly. It's down, almost, it's down half a point. Last year at this time, the 30 year fixed was 3.52%. Now here's what's amazing. As, as great as that is, the 15-year, it's even better. The average contract interest rate also fell 10 basis points to 2.36%. That is obviously down from last year because it has now reached the lowest level in the history of this survey. So not surprising why people, there's a big surge we mentioned this, right? Especially with the adverse market fee getting taken off for refis. Yeah, another refi boom. So, I mean, 2.36 on average. <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, now, it should be noted that with an increase in demand for refis, uh, we did see the share of refis increase with regards to mortgage act activity. Now, 62 point, or excuse me, 67.2% of total applications um, were refis. So, yeah, a lot going on. As I said, we got mortgage demand up. We got some, some new mortgage products, which are not bad unless they are abused. And we got the Fed meeting, not really saying anything, or are they? Where's my X-Files music? Play that in the background here as we, as we wrap things up. Okay, we got to go. You guys, enjoy your Thursday. We will see you back here Friday morning. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>